Welcome to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. On this episode, I'm going to talk to you about conspiracy theories. We're hearing a lot about conspiracies at the moment, from the US elections to strange and often weird stuff on the global financial stage and in digital technology. And that's coming up right after our regular segment of Future Shock 2.0 with Ira Wolf here picking up on one of our favorite themes, artificial intelligence again. And this time Ira is going to put it all in context of the accelerating speed of computers, what that means for AI and for mankind. Here's Ira Wolf on artificial intelligence. I would like to put this just in reference for people. And I, and I do this when I speak to groups because we often get caught up in the technology and the technology itself doesn't mean it doesn't put that into context. What does that mean to us on an everyday basis? The real challenge is going to be the speed at which all this happens, not the technology itself, but the speed at which the technology keeps advancing. So today's fastest microprocessor. So we all have laptops and, and tablets and smartphones. The, the fastest microprocessor that most consumers have uh, runs at 5.5 to 6 gigahertz. Most people don't know that, but just put that number out there. Uh, the That is already faster than it's 28 million times faster than the speed of the human brain. So for calculations, you know, whether it's a simple calculation or not, it just does things a lot faster. And that's key because there's so much information. But if we take that one step further, there's, you know, what they call supercomputers. Uh, there was a supercomputer uh, that was placed at the University of Indiana. They just launched it. It was called the Big Red. It operates at, at what they call not gigahertz, but it's petaflops. So it's at six petaflops. It would take, and this was a quote, it would take everyone in the state of Indiana more than 28 years performing one calculation per second, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to perform the same number of calculations that Big Red can do in one second. So it would take 6 million people every single second of their lives for the next 28 years to do a calculation that Big Red can do in one day. Now, where that even gets scarier is that the the the, super, the fastest supercomputer now, which is called Frontier, is 183 times faster than Big Red. Now, the good news is that IBM whether it's good news or not, but IBM owns half of the supercomputers in the world that are capable of doing this. Um, China and some other countries own the other ones. So we have these machines that are already like so fast, but we're on the verge of quantum computing. And this is where this is fascinating to me. And this is also terrifying and how quickly we can find solutions. A quantum computer is 158 trillion times faster than the fastest microprocessor we have today. It's 1 trillion times faster than the fastest supercomputer in the world. And we are on the verge of that happening. So think about the speed at which all this change is going to happen. And, and that's the limitation. If we go back to something even as simple as Uber 
and Lyft. And think about that over the last six or seven years. Uber and Lyft, the concept was around for years. It was a taxi service. But you and I remember these days, especially you living in, in the city, um, you know, you'd basically call the cab or you'd wave it down. Um, but if you called the cab, you waited for it and there was no communication. You didn't know when it was going to be there and it would show up. The difference between tax, the old way of calling a taxi and the, and Uber or Lyft had nothing to do with, oh, it was just time and it was a new business model. It had to do with we needed bandwidth. We needed enough people on on wireless. We needed smartphones. We needed an app. So once we had enough consumers had a, a device in their hand that they can just click a button and it would be transmitted to a driver, the whole transaction could take place through an app, required higher speed internet, it required higher speed semiconductors, uh, and it required um, somebody's business model that was created 30 years ago, implemented today. Uber and Lyft was not a new concept. It just was way ahead of its time. It just didn't have the technology. When the technology arrived, then all these new solutions were created. So think about a computer that's 158 trillion times faster than today's fastest microprocessor. What possibilities does that create? Now, on the same token, as we can go back and say, well, there's a lot of problems with apps. There's a lot of problems with smartphones. Um, you know, it's, it's confidentiality and personal identity and you know and and theft and hacks and people can set off device you know bomb devices not not call a, a, an uber or lyft but they can set off a bomb device using a smartphone because it's a powerful computer but i i think that's what we miss in this whole conversation we're talking about ai as being linear is the next step is this micro or or an incremental improvement in what it is and we're on this exponential curve, this hockey stick right now. And when you think about 158 trillion times faster than the fastest computer that we got today, and by the way, the fastest microprocessor, we none of us probably have it. We're, we're working with microprocessors half that speed. So I think that's the important message is how do we put this the toothpaste back in the tube? And should we slow down for six months or eight months? It's got to be an ongoing conversation, but I... Again, I'll repeat it again. I have no idea how we cut back and only have the good guys stop the research and, and all the bad actors, you know, keep developing this at that rate of speed. Ira Wolf, truly mind-boggling and jaw-dropping, and we'll come back to this again for sure. And we'll have more from Ira Wolf next week. Ira is a workforce trends expert, a top five global thought leader in his field, host of the very popular Geek Skeezers and Googleization podcast, a TEDx talker, author, and much more. And I've been getting a lot of calls and emails from you about where are you, John? Well, I've been buried on a very creative project it's been consuming a lot of my time i hope to have an announcement on it in the coming months it's taken me away from my weekly slot here on dig life deep but we're back and we'll have our regular schedule starting from now we keep digging for the secrets and stories of uncommon and everyday things and interesting people I'm going to do a little riff in a moment about conspiracy theories. Won't you like that? And I hope you're all listening to the top-rated 
Odeon Capital Conversations podcast with the famed bank analyst Dick Beauvais and Matt Van Alstein of Odeon Capital Group and we're on episode 72. If you have been paying attention to the banking crisis and what the Federal Reserve has been up to lately, you'll want to tune into Odeon Capital Conversations because we have a really in-depth look at what is really going on with brilliant analysis of Wall Street interest rates, the monetary system, the global financial system with Dick Beauvais along with Matt Van Alstein, both of Odeon Capital Group and with yours truly. So catch us every week on Odeon Capital Conversations. It's up there on Apple, Google, Spotify and much more. And we're top rated on many of the business news charts on Apple across the globe. Now, the reason I'm bringing up conspiracy theories is that for the past several months, on a corner in a small town in Morris County each week, I see this dedicated group holding banners and handing out pamphlets and getting quite a bit of attention uh, from passerbys and from drivers honking horns. Uh, it initially started as an anti-COVID protest and it seems now to have morphed into an, some kind of an anti-globalist protest. The group varies in size from a few to maybe five, six or seven and uh, they're out in all weathers, which is quite amazing why people dedicate their lives to all of this, these kind of missions. Now, I'm not always big on conspiracy theories. I'm sceptical of many of them. They're fascinating and they're always worth um, a conversation at a party, at the bar, during holiday time, on vacation or just any time randomly from the New World Order to the COVID conspiracies to the Great Reset to UFOs and to artificial intelligence. Um, conspiracy theories have not gone away. They seem to be flourishing at the moment, especially now that we're getting hot into the US presidential cycle. We're going to have an election for a new president next year and that's spawning all kinds of conspiracy theories. These folks in Morris County, New Jersey, each week uh, hand out this pamphlet and I I just read it to you because it sort of gives you pause. Uh, On page one of the pamphlet, the top 10 reasons to oppose the pandemic treaty. Number one reason, The World Health Organization wants control. That's number one on the list of the top 10 reasons to oppose the pandemic treaty. And then it lists as number 10 additional bureaucracy. I guess that's tied into that. And second from the end is enormous unspecified costs along with censorship. Then next page, the top 10 reasons to oppose the amendments to the international health regulations. Presumably if the world health organization mandatory medical treatments is one of them disregard for dignity human rights and freedoms is listed change from advisory to mandatory controls and then censorship the one that got my most attention was the digital id and digital currency fears on this handout they say um they're advising supporters to support them in opposing the emergence of this vast as they see a digital uh, ID and economy. On this page I'm reading, says, how do you feel about all your data 
medical financial purchasing your passwords being in one place considering the rise in online fraud and data hacking how do you feel about your spending habits being stored and potentially shared with advertisers then it asks how do you feel with not being able to do a cash job again or put cash into a birthday card how do you feel about banks making even more money by charging fees on every transaction it also asks how do you feel about what happened in canada when justin trudeau froze citizens bank accounts for supporting a protest you can google that i may google that later and it's interesting to hear them talking about the bank's gathering information and digital id because on the most recent and we spoke about it a moment ago episode uh episode 72 as it happens of odeon capital conversations a small subset of that um looked at how american banks banks generally are gathering a lot of customer data and they can put that to use in marketing and sales campaigns and we were talking about that in the wider context of artificial intelligence and it's something that Dick Beauvais, he's a bank analyst and a financial strategist and chief financial strategist at Odeon Capital Group. He discussed on the latest episode and it's interesting to see that listed on one of the items in the handout by this protest group um, opposing the pandemic economy and the emergence of some kind of a new world order as it seems to be predicting but we may come back to that again and I'll let you know how this protest goes for this group will they just wither away and lose interest what's getting my uh, attention is the fact that they're getting passerbys picking up the handouts asking questions and then drivers going by honking horns so there must be some kind of appetite uh, among people for these conspiracies we'll just have to wait and see but as you know conspiracies have been around a long time maybe the most famous one or one of the most famous ones concerns the JFK assassination and even the death of other prominent figures. You go back in history, the death of Nero, the cruel Roman emperor, was shrouded in conspiracy. Uh, I mentioned the New World Order. Then we had the Malaysian Airlines flight uh, MH17 was shrouded in conspiracy. Deepwater Horizon was shrouded in conspiracy. Even the new coke was shrouded in conspiracies and um, ufos are the government not telling us all we need to know here's something to think about as the global economy enters a very uncertain stage with the mounting debt it's been rising for many years it's accelerated uh, since covid and all the covid spending and the stimulus spending there's great fears that this whole system is going to collapse at some point we had the uh, debt ceiling talks in america that crisis was averted when the debt ceiling was raised but now we're at 31.4 trillion u.s national debt not to mention trillions more in unfunded liabilities uh, municipal debt personal debt record credit card debt in america and trillions hundreds of trillions in debt worldwide and then the fear is that at some point the dam will burst and us or world governments are going to have to come up with some creative scheme to keep the populace at bay and to sort out how this could be turned from an absolute total armageddon um situation uh, to quite the, the public and to, to avoid massive social unrest and that could involve everything from the general public surrendering private property to US governments to global governments in exchange for 
the government's taking care of their needs and everybody being quote-unquote happy and that's a line i guess from the great reset that may never come to pass it's one of those theories that is out there that we will surrender our freedom uh, and our liberties and personal properties um, for government control just to get out of an inescapable mountain of debt it's an interesting theory it circulates out there it's things like that and our present situation that i think is fueling all our latest conspiracies and of course a conspiracy theory is just that it's not an established fact textbook definition of a conspiracy theory says that this is something that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators so over the years we had the so-called banking cabals and bankers involved in financing wars from the communist takeover of russia to the first world war second world war wall street and european bankers and uh, again just conspiracy theories not established facts but gives us a lot to think about one more thing to think about is that we'll be back with our regular programming next week the start of a great series of interviews and the occasional monologue and uh, riff from yours truly and until then take care i'm your host john aiden Byrne. you are listening to dig life deep with john aiden Byrne. you can reach the host in the u.s at 973-529-4699 that's 973-529-4699 973-529-4699. Email burndesk at gmail.com. That's burndesk, B-Y-R-N-E, desk at gmail.com. Burndesk at gmail.com. Subscribe for free.